Hey, you're listening to Working Out, a podcast discussing the journey towards doing what you love. I'm Ashley Baxter, and together with my co-host, Paddy Donnelly, we'll be discussing our own experiences in creating our passion-based business. It's about the expedition, the here and now, the daily challenges and achievements towards getting paid for your passion. Hello, Paddy. Hey, Ashley. Do you want to introduce yourself and say what you're doing? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a freelance illustrator and designer, and I come from a web design background, but now I'm primarily working in in iOS apps, um, so I do that on a freelance basis. Uh, and I also have kind of um, a side business like Pet Projects. I, uh, I make iOS apps for kids, and that's pretty much what I do. Uh, what about you? Well, I'm a bit unusual in that when people ask me this, I tell them that I have two jobs. I'm a photographer under the Giddle with a Camera alias, but I do that very casually, semi-professionally, about 10 weddings a year. And I also run an insurance business, Insurance by Jack, which specialises in business insurance for creative professionals. And I know what you're thinking. I probably want to pursue photography and do that full-time, but actually... I prefer insurance. Well, that's we quite interesting. Talk. Why? Why do you? Or do you? I mean, they're obviously both your passions. So why? Uh, why do you go for insurance as your as your job rather than photography as your job? Well, actually, I probably wouldn't describe insurance as my passion. I would say it's photography, but I do think that what motivates me with insurance is that I'm in this industry where there's not a whole lot happening bit of a sleeping industry and I think that I really have an opportunity to do something a bit different so I think because my goal is so big in insurance that's what keeps me motivated does that Mm -hmm. make sense yeah yeah totally does so why are we making a podcast why are we making a podcast other than we like the sound of our own voices yeah of course but I mean, we we kind of talked kind of on and off about like podcasting over maybe like the last month or so, uh, and had different ideas on uh, on you know what we'd like to to get out of a podcast or, or you know just as a listener like what we want to hear. And I think the both of us are kind of in similar sort of positions where we're where we're both you know self employed and we're kind of. Um, believers and kind of wanting to create a job for ourselves um, around our passions and do do what we want you know every day for um, for our job so we kind of had we've had quite good discussions just um, you know chatting on Skype or whatever about kind of where we are right now and where we want to be um, so we kind of thought other people might find this stuff interesting or other people might be in the same position in trying to uh, create a, you know, a passion-based business. But what we thought about this podcast, it's not really a, a podcast that has all the answers or anything. It's all about the kind of journey uh, that we're on. And we're very much making it up as we go along, but everybody is. So it's not that, you know, nobody really has the has the right answers yet. So we thought it'd be kind of, kind of fun to to make a podcast about kind of where we are and what we're aiming to aiming to do yeah i think if we had all the answers that would be pretty boring yeah absolutely so i think yeah we get to talk about kind of 
the mistakes or the challenges and stuff we're going through right now. And um, I think the interesting stuff is that we, yeah, we don't know all the answers and it's about kind of what we get wrong and, and what we get right. And so now I'm a freelancer and I just work from home and uh, I don't work in an office anymore with other people and you don't get this, uh, you know, bouncing ideas off off other people you don't get that anymore and i find that when i when i blog or when i you know chat to other designers at conferences you get a lot uh, you get to you know get your head around certain concepts or where the industry's going or other ideas you get to you know analyze them a lot better once you get them out of your own head don't you come away from conferences feeling really inspired about your job i know i do definitely and you but you just came from a conference right yeah, dot York, but that's well. Last week I went to industry. It's it's really unusual that I go to to conferences in the space of seven days, um, because usually I go to maybe one a year or two. Mm. Um, but yeah, industry conference in particular was a big inspiration. Even though I, unlike you, because you're a freelancer, you work from home by yourself. I about a year ago moved into a studio after doing what you did for eight years, which really affected my. Um, social skills I think and I moved into a studio about a year ago with people who are all freelancers as well but I think because they're not in a similar industry to me it means that I don't get the kind of brainstorming outfit that I thought I would or that I want to which is why I always have such great conversations with you Paddy mm-hmm. like you give such good advice I think that if the um if the career um, drawing submarines and rockets doesn't work out, then you could always become an agony aunt. Wow. Agony uncle? Agony uncle. Yeah. That's it. Um, so even though I'm I'm in this studio with um, a bunch of freelancers, they're all kind of journalists or um, kind of in, in the media doing TV production and stuff. So it's, it's a bit different. Whereas you and I, I think, even though I'm in insurance, I think our, our careers actually cross a lot of similar paths. Even though photography and insurance especially, doesn't have anything to do with um, iOS design or or design in general. Mm -hmm. Um, We still actually socialise in a really similar circle because especially with my insurance stuff, I'm trying to build a business with design at its core. So I go to a lot of these conferences. Mm -hmm. The web is my passion. Design is my passion, Mm -hmm. even though I'm not a designer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you get get tons of uh, stuff out from... Uh, you get tons of, uh, yeah, you feel so energized after a conference when you've been chatting to other other designers and, and people with, I mean, the people who make the effort to go to a conference and uh, and travel to somewhere are the people who really have a passion about their their industry that they work in. And yeah, even though that we're, we do different things, we're, we still have design at the at our core the when center, we talk yeah. about um, when we talk about our our own passion so for me it's you know making ios apps for kids but i mean design and um, good quality um uh, illustrations and and the whole ux of how it works um is really important to uh, the whole business of of uh, making kids apps and for you i guess it's the same when you come to insurance which i guess is a uh an industry which isn't usually putting design at its at its core. No, I practically did when I spoke at Dot York on Thursday. That's one of the things that I mentioned. But I have an I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
from the from an outsider, me being the outsider looking in and looking at you, mm-hmm. I feel like you've really cracked it because you're getting paid to draw dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. And obviously you have had to do a lot of work to get to that point. But to me, it, it looks like you've already made it and that, no offence, um, I'm sure I'm completely wrong, but it seems to have come really easily to you. Well... I mean, it definitely wasn't uh, it wasn't easy to get to. So the position I'm in right now, I do freelance freelance work uh, for clients, so for you know web design and and iOS apps, um, and I also do spend a good bit of my time doing my own uh, projects and making kids apps. And for me, I'm trying to figure out kind of where I am at the moment and doing the the kids apps at the moment that that's that's uh kind of my end goal i would like to to do that full time um but at the moment uh my the kids apps in the ios app store um they aren't making enough money to sustain my my life so i have to do client work as well uh, because there is the market there. The market's there, isn't it? It's Parents there, but I mean, there's, there's, in, there's uh, uh, apps for their kids. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I mean, there's there's so much competition and it's really hard to get noticed. And, and um, to, there are some uh, competitors, you know, with big marketing budgets and, and they have, you know, uh, and they're working on it full time. And for me, I'm working on, you know, my the stuff that I love, uh, uh, part-time, but I mean, my also, so like you mentioned, I do, you know, client work and I make apps uh, for clients as well. And yeah, I mean, I get to, I get to do work on fantastic projects for clients and get paid for it, uh, which is great. So it's kind of sounds like I'm already there. Like you said, like I'm already doing what I love, which is sort of true, but there's still tons of things that go wrong and, and, and some, you know, not every project is a, is a dream project and, and things go wrong with projects. And, um, I mean, there's tons of, tons of problems. And for me, it's been, so yeah, that's why what we're talking about in the, on the podcast, I'm still trying to figure out what exactly it is, uh, that, uh, that I should be doing. If I want to do what I love for, a for a living, what kind of figuring out what exactly that is for me right now, I think the ultimate dream would be to work on my, work on my own projects solely a hundred percent of the time and, um, and put out, you know, some more apps for kids, but maybe do some, some writing and, uh, some kids books and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I'm working towards at the minute. As in um, illustrating kids books or yeah, do you I mean, mean writing a kids book? Yeah. All of it. I think wow. stuff like that, that, that's what I really would, would love to do. But what's stopping you from doing that now? Because obviously there is this whole self-publishing revolution happening anyway. Mm-hmm. So uh, you could technically make a start on that now, couldn't you? Yeah, definitely. And I've made some some progress towards that. And I've uh, I've written down a lot of ideas for for kids' books and written out a few. Uh, and really, it's just it's just taking that next step to go and do it um, and and to start you know putting in time to actually do it. And so my first job, I worked at an agency for, uh, for three years, uh, doing UX design and why I left there and became a freelancer was I wanted to, I wanted more freedom and responsibility. I wanted to choose 
exactly which projects I worked on. And mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to be in control of, of, you know, saying no a lot to, to stuff I didn't want to work on. And I wanted more, um, uh, more control about the, the, every part of the project. So not just the, um, the UX and design, but also, you know, uh, control over the development and the, the marketing of stuff. And that's kind of, I tr transitioned from, uh, from a full-time job to, I did some freelance work in the evenings and weekends, uh, to see if there was, uh, enough demand for, uh, for my services. And I mean, I was, you know, scared that, uh, I wasn't good enough and, uh, people you know, wouldn't pay me for, for my services, for my design skills. Whenever I, uh, if I, I went as a freelancer, I went freelance. Once I saw there was enough demand and it was eating up all of my time when I wasn't at my full-time job, then I kind of went, uh, half-time. Um, yeah. Was that not job. a really, was that not a difficult balance when it got to that point where you were bringing in so much freelance work, yet you still had to get up and do your presumably nine to five yeah. job. Yeah, oh, uh, it's a killer. Yeah, it's you end up just having no life and you're just working all the time. Um, but I mean, that was uh, uh, something uh, that was a step that I took towards kind of my ultimate goal was I knew I, I wasn't going to just going to quit my job and then um, start freelancing the next morning. I put my uh, put myself out there accepting some freelance work uh, and once I saw that okay there's enough demand for me here and then eventually I took the leap and went full-time freelance and um, so that's just one step in um, my journey towards doing what I love so at the moment I'm in that step where uh, I've got a lot of client work uh, which is great and I get there's you know enough client work that I can choose to work on just on the projects that I, that I want to. And I also make a lot of time for my, my own stuff and making, you know, stuff for kids and, uh, and kids books and stuff. But I'm, I'm kind of coming towards that point again, where I'm, I've got these two big forces that are taking up a lot of time. Uh, so my, my client work, um, which is great and it's, it's, uh, so much more enjoyable than what I was doing a few years ago. Uh, and I get to be in control a lot more, but I also have my, my own projects on the side and I, in there, I get a uh, complete control over everything. So the whole idea and the, the UX and design, and then I work with other people for the development, but I mean, um, it's my project and I get to, uh, market the projects the way I want. And, uh, I, you know, it's a hundred percent mine. Or I work together with another guy, so I mean it's our, um, mm -hmm. it's our project. But I mean that's I'm kind of at a at a point right now, which um, from the outside it looks uh, it looks great, and I, I get to you know pick the projects that I want. But I'm getting towards a point where now I really I would really love to just do my own projects 100% of the time. So I'm kind of in that position right now of of when do I uh, make that leap? again and when mm. do i kind of do i just kind of stop doing client work uh and it's really scary like uh you think okay if i start you know how am i going to pay my bills and stuff if i just did my own stuff but uh i know the first time around when i was doing my full-time stuff and the freelance stuff together and i was kind of thinking okay when when am i going to make the jump and you know am i going to have enough freelance work to to pay my bills but i mean as soon as i did it 
like a month after I was, went freelance, I, I was thinking, you know, why didn't I do this so much sooner? So yeah, I'm kind of at that point where is it is it going to be possible? And and then yeah, making the jump. So it's uh, yeah. It's interesting because I think that when you do kind of take like right now, your client work is it's it's a safety net. Mm-hmm. And I think that sometimes when you do, you do just kind of whip that safety net out from beneath you, it really forces you to have to work even harder mm-hmm. and um, have to think of different ways to, to bring in money. So sometimes it's not a bad thing to, I'm not saying like just completely cut out client work, but sometimes it's good to kind of get a bit of a fright, isn't it? Mm-hmm. In my own experience anyway, it kind of pushes you to actually doing doing more mm-hmm. and doing better work too although your um your ipad apps they're all they're like they're we we subs and we rockets is that right mm-hmm. is that under the your freelancer umbrella which is called left that's your mm-hmm. freelance company isn't it mm-hmm. yeah or is that under a whole other umbrella that yeah that's under with... a separate uh a separate thing it's called we tap so together with um a developer, uh, Alain, we, uh, we make apps for kids, uh, and it's under the umbrella, we taps. And we've got, um, we've got a few apps now in the app store already of our own. And we've also started doing some kids apps for clients as well. Um, so it's, uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of really a great, uh, shift. And now we're doing kids apps for clients. So now we're, you know, at the beginning we were, Alain has two kids and he wanted to make, he's a developer, an iOS developer, and wanted to make some apps for his kids. Um, and so we teamed up together to make something, make our first app, and then we made another one and another one. And then now we're getting requests from people to to make kids apps for them. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's great as well. And that's kind of, I think um, that's maybe one direction that I could work in, um, that I could move towards is, is kind of focusing on just um on just the kids app so that maybe is a direction i could jump into if i just did 100 percent like kids apps and a certain percentage for clients and a certain percentage for myself and maybe more you know over 50 percent the stuff for myself uh, that could be a good transition period as well for you know not 100 percent giving up client work but focusing on a in a certain industry but you, you've um, you've also recently had some changes in your big changes, <sighs> big changes. Yeah, kind of similar to what I said a few minutes ago about kind of taking that safety net away. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like I don't quite have that safety net right now because on Thursday I spoke at Dot York Conference and I spoke about how. My business that I've been running for nine years actually isn't doing very well. Mm-hmm. And um, it was a difficult talk to do. But, um, and it, it's it's interesting because I think people's perception as well, it's not really something that you tend to shout about on Twitter mm-hmm. or, you, you know, up, up, update your status on Facebook. Hey, my business isn't doing well. So nobody knew this. And I think a lot of people have looked at me and like I said to you from the outside looking in, you look like, you're actually really successful. I think a lot of people have thought that about me as well Mm -hmm. um, with my insurance work. But this business that I've been running for nine years just hasn't been doing well. So in the past four months, I have made the very difficult decision to 
to pursue plan B. And I kind of looked at all of the things that I've taken away from my experience working in insurance for nine years and what I liked about my business and what I didn't like about it. And through through doing that, I've, I've created this new insurance business, which is kind of the insurance company that I always wanted my last business to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm right at the beginning. I'm starting from scratch. So my last business was called Brokers Direct. And because we'd been going for a long time, we had a lot of, um, you know, there were a lot of advantages to being that established as a brand, even though things weren't going well, we had a really great relationship with um, the insurer because we were a broker. So we were selling other people's products. We had a great relationship with them, but now I've stepped out to do my own thing. I'm starting from scratch with a new business that has no reputation, has no customer base right now. I mean, I just launched two days ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm really at that scary point now where it's a blank slate and um, I'm going to have to build it all up again from scratch, but hopefully build it into the business that I really wanted Brokers Direct to be. And do you feel you were, you've been forced into making that decision or is this something you've always thought about? Okay, I really want to, um, you, you said that it's going to be the, the insurance business you, you've always wanted to, to have. So has the the condition of your previous business um made that decision for you I'll be honest with you I think that a lot of people who have been in a similar situation to myself where they've run been running their own business and it hasn't been doing well it's not something that you actually admit to yourself Mm -hmm. you kind of see it happening but you don't truly admit it to myself and I have somebody um a friend in my life who actually for a couple of years has been telling me go off and do your own thing this isn't working and every time he said that to me I'd shut him down. I'd be like, don't be so negative. I'm going to make this work. Mm-hmm. But when I look at the black and white figures on paper, I have to make a new deci- I have to make a decision now because if I don't, that's going to come back to bite me on the arse. You know, a few months down the line, I'm going to be in a really tricky situation. Mm-hmm. So it is, uh, have I been forced into that decision? Um, yeah, it's something that I have to do because if I didn't do it, it would get to a really scary point where my house could be repossessed. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't pay my bills. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get to that stage. I want to, I want to try something else and build something else and make money from something else so that I don't have to have that fear. However, as I said earlier, I also do photography semi-professionally. So I'm really lucky that I also have that buffer Mm -hmm. and that's been a source of comfort for me because I know that I've got my weddings this year I've got bookings next year I know that I've got x amount of income from that Mm -hmm. so I don't have to uh, I don't have to worry too much Mm -hmm. but yeah it has I've I've had to make this decision it hasn't just been I'm not having fun with brokers direct anymore we'll close it down it has been a case of um, if I don't do something about it now then there will be big consequences as a result you know, perhaps a year down the line. And mm-hmm. I know that, um, let's just say that I have 12 months in, in the, what's the expression? 12 months in the bank. No, that's not right. I don't know. Let's just say that I had the brokers that it could go for another 12 months, mm-hmm. which seems like a lifetime if you're a startup, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. But 
just with the pattern of that business and how things have been decreasing year on year on year on year, no matter what I do, it doesn't seem to be turning it around. Um, I, I made the logical decision to try something else. Mm -hmm. and so I mean, you're, you must get this question all the time. If photography is your passion and we're talking about like passion based businesses and doing what you love, why don't you just do photography full time all the time? That's a good question. And for me, I think that if I did, if I did photography full time, I think I, I don't think it would be my passion anymore. Okay. I don't, I think I'd fall out of love with it. I think I'd resent it because I have to go and do that wedding to pay my mortgage. Whereas now I purposely only book X number of weddings a year so that I can still enjoy photography and I only take on a limited number of jobs. And that's what, that's what I find interesting because yeah, photography is my passion, but I'm actually more excited about pursuing a career in insurance. Right. And I just don't want to fall out of love with photography and, like I said, resent it. Okay. On the other hand, you are doing your one passion as mm -hmm. a career. You're not worried that you fall out of love with it? Well, I definitely get... Um, I get that feeling when it comes to... When it comes to client work and there's so many other factors that affect a client project that you're not in control of and, uh, you know, budget and uh, client feedback and all sorts of things that can, that can go wrong or affect a client project that you're not in control of. But when it comes to my own projects and uh, doing the kids apps and stuff, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's really so much fun. And, uh, they're very, very few kind of down points about, uh, about doing that so for me it's not but but you um are you thinking that if your photography business became so big you'd be constantly doing all your you know invoicing or dealing with um you know it's all of the the not so fun parts of the projects that uh that that would just take up most of your time in the actual photography part why you got into it or the actual passion part that you wouldn't have time enough for that and then you would kind of yeah, that's a, like a consistent theme that I see amongst people who are professional photographers. They do very little photography for themselves. So mm. it kind of stops being this creative outlet and simply starts being a job. That just doesn't sound fun to me. Mm -hmm. For me, I still want to experiment and practice and be excited about picking up my camera and do projects, do Project 50, do Seven Days of Self. But I've noticed that professional photographers, the ones that I know very rarely do photography for fun anymore mm -hmm. that's a shame Definitely. so I just don't want to lose that and like I said with insurance I have this big I have I have this goal with insurance and it's such a big goal um maybe even impossible but because I really want to change the insurance industry as yep. dramatic as that sounds so and I think hmm so so maybe you can talk about kind of what what your mission is for for insurance my mission. by Jack. yeah my mission okay let's talk about that paddy because that excites me okay i'm excited um okay like i said i want to change the insurance industry i think insurance is so impersonal it's so faceless it's so corporate and here i am i'm i'm fairly young i'm uh, i'm not an old balding man in a suit trying to you know, just make as much commission as possible. Okay. I want to really provide 
a human service. I want to kind of go back to good old fashioned basics. And when people, I want people to know that if they're looking for business insurance, if they're a designer, if they're a freelancer, if they're a photographer, whatever, I want them to know that they could come to me on Twitter or whatever and say, hey, Ashley, what do I need? Or, you know, can I have a question about this? That they're not going to wait 48 hours for some bot to reply. You have to now phone our call centre on 0800. I want them to get this personal response from me because I genuinely, I genuinely care. I want to build this business with customer satisfaction over profit. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. But it's going to be really difficult because, like I said, I'm starting from scratch and I have no relationship with them. Um, I've, I've carefully chosen the insurance company that I've partnered with. So it's the same as I was doing with Brokers Direct. I'm selling somebody else's products, mm-hmm. but I've chosen a new company to work with and I've chosen them for very good reasons. They have a very similar mindset to myself in terms of insurance. They know that, that it's a really dated industry. Mm-hmm. They're trying to change that. They have an in-house rails team. They have hackathons. They cared about their customers. Like we have so much in common. So I've chosen to go with them, but I'm starting from scratch. Not only do I have to prove myself to my customers, but I also have to prove myself to this insurer. The big problem that I'm now having is that because I haven't built up a relationship with them, they're not really giving me a lot of options in terms of customization with the quote system. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I'm already getting complaints from people that the whole process of taking out insurance with me feels quite disjointed. So I've got a lot of work to do. But yeah, ultimately, I want to change insurance. I want people to stop thinking of it in this negative light and to think, hey, I need insurance. I know who I'll go to. I'll go to Insurance by Jack because Mm -hmm. they actually talk to me like I'm a human and not a robot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yay. But I mean, that's uh, a good point you bring up about the actual the amount of work that goes into doing what you love. So the whole idea of doing what you love, it sounds uh, you're, you're into violins, so you just make violins for a living and people pay you uh, and you have a great time every day. But I mean, you don't, there is no easy way to jump towards the, the end and you have to do tons of work. For me as a designer and illustrator, I had to spend, you know, thousands and thousands of hours uh, sitting at a computer and perfecting my Illustrator and Photoshop skills and getting to a certain level. And I had to do so many client projects to get a reputation that um, so other clients can get in touch with me. I had to give up so much of my free time uh, to doing projects and and to doing my own stuff and blogging and uh, all sorts of things. And you have to make really, you have to go and look into actually running a running a business and you have to get an accountant and you have to do all of these things and you have to have you know you have a lot of challenges and it's really difficult and I still only see myself as kind of halfway there to doing what I love every day so I mean it's it's certainly uh, from the outside it might look yeah that um, someone who's doing you know doing their passion Mm -hmm. for a living it looks yeah oh they've they've got such an easy time of it and people just pay them to, to do what they love. Uh, but I mean, to actually get to a point where you're, you're able to draw dinosaurs and people pay you for it. It's, it takes so much work and so much time. So tell me in one, I can never say this word, su- succinct, 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 yeah, succinct sentence. Tell me in one succinct sentence, what your ultimate dream is. 
Are you thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> think, thinking on a podcast, yeah. I would say my ultimate dream... My ultimate dream would be to create my own products and to have other people appreciate them. I think that's... That's nice. That's kind of... Uh, that's where I get the most satisfaction out of what I do. So I... You know, I like illustration and design. I'm, I like making stuff and then, you know, going away from it and looking back at it and, and liking what I've made. Um, but the best thing is whenever you hear other people appreciate it and whenever you, you know, you make stuff like apps for kids and games for kids and you see kids enjoying um, the stuff that you've made. Uh, I mean, there's, there's no better feeling than that. And uh, I think that's what I get out most from, from the type of work that, that I do. So I'd say that would be my ultimate dream that I'm aiming towards. But I mean, I still don't know uh, how exactly to get there. I have some ideas and I still don't know when that point will be, how I can say, okay, now I'm doing what I love every day. And maybe there is no, uh, you don't eventually get to a certain day where you can 100% say I'm doing what I love every day. So I don't think it's 100% possible there's always going to be stuff that you'll end up doing that that mm -hmm. you're not 100% passionate about and there's always difficulties and there's always tons of hard work as well as um the actual getting to do what you love every day so yeah already in the first episode of the podcast we said it's, it's not kind of possible to get to do what you love every day but i mean i think the process of working towards that is, that's the exciting part yeah absolutely and i mean there must be tons of excitement for you in this you're on the first step of of your new business and i mean that's that's the the really really exciting part and there's oh. tons of work so work as well it's also the really scary part yeah um but i've thought about what my ultimate dream is in one succinct sentence are mm -hmm. you ready i'm ready okay i want to be doing 10 weddings a year photography wise obviously but being able to charge, work my skill up to a level where I can comfortably charge a couple of grand for those weddings. Mm -hmm. So 10 weddings isn't enough to affect what I want to do with insurance, but it provides a really nice second income. Yeah. And insurance wise, you know already, I want to change the insurance industry. Mm -hmm. That wasn't really a succinct sentence, was it? It was, it was pretty succinct. Okay, so that's what my dream is. Oh gosh, you can hear my dog shaking her coat. <laughs> Your dog wears a coat? She has a coat. Everybody, mm. every dog has a coat, like a fur coat. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean, yeah. She wasn't wearing like a parka or anything. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so what next? So one thing I wanted to mention on the podcast as well is what steps can you take right now uh, to doing to do what you love um and i mean you can take the tiniest steps already like right now today like as you're listening to the podcast um there's there's no use putting it off and say okay this week i'm going to start and do something towards my whatever my passion is but i mean right now you could do really something really the smallest thing like mm -hmm. registering a domain or uh, emailing somebody about a certain about a collaboration or anything there's the tiniest step you could do and it's all about momentum and once you get started there's um, you know you can just keep building and building and uh, and doing you know taking each step towards your ultimate goal absolutely there has to be practical steps i just think that 
Life isn't rocket science, okay? Yet so many people make it more complicated than it needs to be. Mm-hmm. If you if you know, if you're lucky enough to know what it is that gets you excited, that you want to pursue, then you should be able to look, like, like you said, do really basic baby steps towards that. Mm-hmm. It's quite overwhelming to look at the bigger picture when I think about what my big goal is. I'm so far off it. It seems impossible, but I've already started mm-hmm. on my way there. I'm already, I'm booking between six to eight weddings a year and I've cracked, I've, I've finally surpassed the £1,000 mark for those weddings. Mm-hmm. In terms of insurance, I'm, I'm already on my way there because I've now launched this business. So there are practical steps. Nothing lands on your lap though. You have to make it happen for yourself. Oh yeah, totally. Oh yeah. Shall we wrap it up there then? I think that, yeah, that's a good point to wrap it up. Okay, so what's your Twitter name? Where can I where can I find you, Paddy? So my website is left.com, so L-E-F-F-T. And my Twitter name's at Paddy Donnelly. And my website is IamAshley.co.uk. And my Twitter name is also IamAshley. See you next time. Bye. <laughs> You can find us at workingoutpodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at workingoutshow.com.